Welcome to my podcast, Exploring Past Lives with Karen Joy. I am Karen Joy. For over a decade, I've been doing regressions with people who want to experience a past life and sometimes their life between lives. I'm the author of several books, including the groundbreaking book, Lost Soul, Wise Soul, How Our Challenging Past Lives Shape Our Future. In this unique podcast, I speak to people who have actually experienced one or more past lives. Some have also visited their life between lives, which is also known as the afterlife. Come with me now to learn what can happen in a past life regression, what a past life experience is like, how it unfolds, and how it impacts on our current lives. Today we have with us Mark, who did a regression with me a few months ago. Mark, is that correct? Welcome, Mark, anyway. Yeah, thanks, Karen. <laughs> yeah, yes. it was probably about a, two months ago, I think. I think so. And yeah. uh, it, it was an interesting experience for you and for me, which is always great. It was really a beautiful experience and surpassed sort of all my expectations. I think being open to it is sort of key and having no sort of preconceptions. And I, I was very interested because I was intrigued to know whether it would be, you know, whether anything could actually come of it. Would it would it just be my imagination or would it just be my sort of, you know, subconscious uh, generating? But the the healing... And the reintegration of sort of different traumatic elements, it's almost like it all came together like a puzzle, like just fitted back into my core. And that is how a lot of them unfold, which is amazing to me. It's obvious to me that they're guided and I'm not guiding them, you know, like the guidance is coming from somewhere else, like within you, you you're in the trance and the guidance or, or the way it unfolds comes from somewhere else. And that's what I've always found interesting. So thank you for sharing that. How we start usually is I like to ask a little bit about your spiritual perspective and and how that's unfolded in your life, if it has, like before you Mm. came, because most people who come for regression have some spiritual perspective. Um, Yeah, I've I've always been a very spiritual person. Um, Ever since I was a little kid, I sort of remember being taken to church and just feeling a profound sense of connection with what I could only describe as the divine. I mean, I grew up in a Christian church and I've, as a child, there was a very um, innocent and just beautiful sort of connection that I had, uh, irrespective of the names and the doctrines uh, that was all sort of oblivious to me. But the, the connection that I had with something with a spiritual divine was there as a child. And I, and it, it, it was a huge part of my, my life as a child. It's what I remember being sort of, the essence through everything. I would sit in the garden and I would feel this sort of like close my eyes really tightly and just feel this connection to something. It was like I was trying to remember um, something that I couldn't quite put my finger on. And uh, that carried throughout my whole life. I, As I got older and I became more sort of discerning uh, and more sort of intellectual about things, I became insatiably curious about all the different options that were on offer. And so I went through every single religion and every experience. I'd go and learn with Jehovah's Witnesses. I'd go and learn with, um, you know, Hare Krishnas. And I'd go and learn with uh, 
you know, for, I'd learn about Taoism, Taoism, I'd read Eric von Daniken, the ancient alien theory. I just wanted, there was an insatiable curiosity. Um, and then when I was about 16, I remember I was going to get baptized. And one of the things that I really struggled with was because as a child, my connection to divine was so sort of pure and it was beautiful. But as you get older, you start to recognize all the doctrine and the politics and the and, you know, within the church saying, you have to say this to be accepted. And in my heart, I knew that that connection with divine was there, you know, irrespective of what we say or yeah. do. And so I sort of, I had to leave the church because, well, I remember asking my minister just as a, as a way of sort of cementing what I already knew. I said to her, oh, Hindus going to heaven. And she said, well, if they don't accept Jesus Christ as their savior, they're not. And um, and that was the sort of pivotal point, because for me, the relationship that I had with, you know, Christ, spirit, Christ divine, with God did not equate to that. Yes. The feeling that I had inside was much more than that. And so then my adult, then I went through a brief period where I was um, thinking, well, I've had no real experience of spirit. And so I was starting to sort of really question or test the veracity of that sort of um the the reality of the spiritual world and so yes. i suppose a bit of doubt because i wanted some evidence now and then i had a a very 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 profoundly and scary and yet beautiful experience where i had sleep paralysis for about three months and i'd wake up and i'd have these dark shadow beings sitting on top of me and it was just i i had just the craziest spiritual experiences but what it did for me was it showed me that you know there is something more yeah and uh and then I I sort of had to focus on the whole living a normal life. And I wasn't really surrounded by spiritual people anymore. I was in the military. People are not really interested in that kind of thing. They don't want to go too deep. I learned that, you know, in the adult life, people are focused on just living. Um, Surviving, maybe. Yeah. Whereas for me, there was this, it's like I was still very spiritual inside, but I was having to be somebody else. I was having to play the game, play a role as, you know, um, father and husband and partner and going out with my partner's friends and drinking and pretending that I'm normal and, and the same thing at work. And then about five years ago, I just, um, I always felt a strong affinity for the East for sort of uh, Vedic philosophy and, and Asian philosophy. Um, even though I didn't really know where that came from. Surprisingly, in my past life regression, none of that came up. I thought, oh, maybe there was a past life of that. But I think maybe it just reflects more the sort of the closeness to the essence of what I knew as a child. It, mm -hmm. it sort of mm -hmm. encapsulated that more. And so at about five years ago, I sort of reached a crescendo where I felt, okay, I've I, I, my spiritual journey has been one of learning and mm -hmm. very sort of academic and intellectual to a high degree and i realized that i needed to move into another phase which was uh, practice and so that really changed things for me and opened me up it, my whole it's almost like i had a dream once where i was sort of in the middle of this process and my whole life fell apart and, and i think it was like i wanted it to fall apart because there wasn't freedom and the sort of you know, structure that I had built up around me. And then one night in a sort of state of despair, I prayed and and I just asked for a sign. And then this was after sort of trying to meditate and do all of that. And I, I had this dream where this hand wrote down 
the words Maya Cheng Dao. And I remember it so clearly that when I woke up, I wrote it down on a piece of paper. And I thought, I know the word Maya means illusion from Vedic sort of or Sanskrit mm-hmm. scripture. And Dao is the path. Cheng, I had no idea. Just when I looked it up, it was the Mandarin or Cantonese word for the end. So the oh, end really? of the illusory path. Yeah. And that's what it really was. Because after that, it's like my view of the whole world it's like the veil was lifted and and from there the process just carried on growing but there was still from the body aspect from the the ego identity there was still sort of things that i realized were holding me back that weren't allowing me to fully connect and practice my spiritual sort of self and uh i had read about uh, one of the, the the books that I'd read years ago by was Dr. Michael Newton's book, um, Life Between Lives. And out of all the spiritual books that I'd read, and I mean, I've read a lot. Uh, you know, I've got the Egyptian Book of the Dead, Bhagavad Gita, Ashtavakra Gita. I've read all of them, but his book really touched home for me and, and sort of it felt like home. Mm. What he was describing really resonated with me on a very deep level and it, it led me off to so, sort of do research into indie uh, near-death experiences and and looking at all of the data that's out there and all of that and um i had really wanted to do a past life regression but obviously i've immigrated and i'm living in the outback in australia so <laughs> there's not much on offer <laughs> but uh i then looked for a dr michael newton practitioner and i sort of spoke to my guides and said well look just find me, help me find somebody that could guide me in this. And and then I found you and I resonated with you and uh, yeah. planned for it. And uh, okay, that's how I found you. Yeah. And, and now here we are talking about it. <laughs> we don't, obviously, we don't do all the past lives that anybody's had. And it may be that those particular ones, Asian ones, which you may have had, just don't need, you know, aren't needed yeah. at this point as well. So it's Absolutely. that is still poss- a possibility. But um, the ones that you did get were pretty interesting. So I was just wondering if you want to tell us a little bit about the past lives that you had. It sort of weaved through your your session yeah. to the characters, let's say. No expectations, but I, it blew me away in that it sort of transcended my notion of, you know, past lives and sort of who I was and the character. But the moment you got me into the the deep, relaxed state and I... And this face popped up in my mind and I could see the image of this, this individual standing there. And I connected so strongly with this, this individual and the name John came through to me. Although I think that was, you know, because it's such a different time, obviously the brain and the, this life is just a a filter for what you're seeing on the other, you know, through all that time. Yeah. And you mentioned that in your book, which I loved. Um, And and so seeing John automatically, I sort of surrendered to that. And I, I hadn't, ex- I hadn't, it was, it sort of caught me off guard because who was this old man sort of with, you know, he almost looked like, what was the name of the wizard from, from Lord of the Rings? <laughs> yeah. Almost like a Dumbledore from Harry Potter, but this old man. Yeah. No beard, but just that long white hair and sort of a very sort of simple linen sort of gown. The first thing that struck me, though, when I looked at him was he was deeply, deeply um, reflective, deep in thought, but there was a deep sorrow. And I I don't know if you can remember, but the moment I connected with that, it brought me to tears. I felt the most profound sadness for this, this individual, because it was like the whole of humanity's um, 
despair was was carried by him that that's yeah. the feeling that i got and he was deeply deeply um saddened by this the life though the impression that i got and from the surroundings that this was very very long ago um this was sort of a, a civilization or a time long before our own recorded history um and I, I I could only guess say maybe fifty thousand to twenty thousand years ago, something like that. I'm not sure, maybe even up to the Neolithic. I, I really don't know, but um definitely a different time. And what also caught me, I'll get into them shortly, but the the lives that were presented to me, I also got the distinct sense that there were big gaps between my lives on earth. In almost time. in the in the in time, time gets, the, yeah. especially in the sort of recent history. And so John sort of took me in and showed me this, this, this despair that he felt. And I connected with that because that's something that I felt in this life. Mm -hmm. It's this deep despair for humanity. You know, why can't humanity just um, recognize uh, who they truly are and just find the peace? Why, you know, why does there have to be such a, a grasping of the illusion of the the Maya of this world, and and I've always struggled with that. You know, I could never understand why humans had to be harsh or difficult with each other. It's sort of when I'm when I'm in this physical world, it's like it, it's the harshness and heaviness of it. Just you know, so much more progress could be made, and yet we still we play around in this, uh, and we get all messy in it. All the ego. Which is sort of yeah. about survival at some level, yeah. But anyway, yeah, so you felt it and so it's come through in this form as John and it's been there for a long time by the sounds of it in your psyche. Mm. Yeah, yeah in your it's psyche. carried through in all the lives. His, I, I really resonated and connected with John's personality. It's almost as if his persona or character is sort of like the the core essence of all this of the soul of all the lives that have come it's really impacted on it strongly and it's it's become sort of a more solid identity of of the higher self i'm not sure but um that's that is to some degree how it does work is that the soul itself can take that on like they take on the uh, some sort of feeling or despair or whatever you know it's not like we just have a life and that's the end of it the the yeah. feelings from that life can carry over. And I think that's what I try to explain in my book. Yeah, and that's that that's book. exactly what what I had with John. John was like that the the essence of that life was so strong and so imprinting that mm -hmm. it's it's dominated every other life that's come after that to a large extent. Um yes. and and the only escape from that was in the one life that I experienced, which was of that dark-haired woman in what looked like Scotland she had sort of like a a very rough sort of animal skin sort of covering but in sort of like a wooden type house alongside a lake no trees but I felt very at peace in her it's almost as if the feminine aspect although all the other past lives that I saw or experienced were masculine and and military the military team was very strong which is interesting but the the female life this woman was a very beautiful aspect and i think my soul really connected with that life um mm -hmm. and so yeah coming back to john i just um in experiencing that with him i was it sort of like clicked it's sort of like whatever pieces were sort of hanging out of my core sort of soul psyche it's like it just fitted back into place like it just sort of got pushed back into the main sort of 
you know, essence and and it fitted together. And so after the, res- the regression, I felt this deep sense of peace, almost as if John's sorrow had been put to rest. And it was a, through an understanding which you asked questions as we were going through the regression of helping me and helping John to understand that, that you know, the human experience is is uh is what it is for a reason and that there is no hurrying it up um and john obviously spent he lived in a cloister some kind of cloister sort of away from the village uh he was old already he died sort of alone and just feeling that his he'd come down to sort of impart spiritual wisdom and, and to grow people and get them to recognize certain things but his realization that in the physical plane this is so slow and humans it's almost like the analogy that the the Buddhists have of, you know, a dove flying over a mountain with a scarf in its beak. And the number of years would take to wear down that mountain is the number of lives that we've lived, you know. And this is what prevented me from living life because I just couldn't understand or fathom the human condition and why it has to be so harsh. And so all of these lives, through John's life, it made me feel like he was, the soul was like sort of, reluctant to come into incarnation on earth um, and only did it in sort of periods i'm not sure if there's more reincarnations but just reluctance to come down here and um and yet the opportunity that the lives presented was to actually get into the messiness of the human condition and to really live it and that is probably the most significant thing that I came out of that regression with just a deep sense of peace and in that it sort of put it all together for me Um, oh that's great yes there were a couple of other lives there um I remember but they were sort of just learning I think they were just learning lives and immersing you a bit more into because they were pretty disturbing they were yeah just mention them very quickly I think you had JB and he was um a soldier wasn't he yeah, so JV was, I had this image of sort of a war like Vietnam or Korea, I think it was Vietnam, and that's the most recent. Yes. Um, and so a very short gap between this life and that. And just, I got the impression that that my incarnations into the sort of military life have been to sort of, because that's at the heart of where men uh allow the expression of their aggression to come out sort of it's like it's the core of our society's humanness and sort of ego represents that yeah Yeah. so going into these lives as military people like with jb is this idea that we could transform it from within which is where john's life sort of departed and so there's these military lives and jb sort of wanting to show or bring about some sense of objective and more peaceful sort of way of looking at things more the feminine into the masculine and so he gets killed by somebody who by a group of people and i know that i only read this afterwards that uh, i think they call i can't remember what the word is but essentially being killed by their own officers yeah it's fratricide but there were a lot of deaths in the vietnam war where most many soldiers were killed by their own especially officers were killed by their own men yeah, there's a movie so on that. Was, I can't remember the name of it, but yes, that that did happen. Yeah, and so this is another example of that where John, for example, was trying to stand up for another bloke who's who fell in love with a woman, and they sort of, but she was already with somebody else. You mean JB? JB, yeah. Standing up for another woman or, or trying to be helpful and it didn't work out. And, yeah, and just show that you know uh, to understand all is to forgive all. 
and and he was just killed and that again that deep disappointment that humans don't have the ability they're very righteous very judgmental um and jb then sort of has that deep sort of disappointment in humanity um so that life definitely reflected that for me and there was that previous life who was i think i think the name i came out with or felt was arnold and he was like a big oaf it was like again coming in and he was in sort of garb that looked like roman or greek or something and he was just big and sort of deaf and dumb and almost stupid um but very gentle huge sort of man but gentle as can be and again he took on the brunt the experience of really seeing the worst in humanity how it can be mocking and cruel and and yet in his humility an attempt again to try and bring sort of some kind of realization to to the humans around him and this this has definitely been a theme because that was a theme in my life that somehow we can we can get people to click out of that ego um identity and just sort of have peace love and happiness <laughs> <laughs> but that has changed a little bit now but the first step of course is to find it ourselves because of this it's funny because the disappointment itself means that we're caught in it do you know what i mean like yes you're caught into the same sort of energy yeah that's right and so it's yeah. really a transcending that with this acceptance it's it's it is isn't it funny how that's the case and you see that in the churches and that you know all this judging going on not realizing <laughs> that they're being what they don't really want to be um, exactly yeah, yeah. But that's how complicated it is being human <laughs> that's what I. Think. it is yeah and that's that's the the beauty of actually being down here is is all we really can give is compassion and I've known this but to try like you say I mean we I had always been against judging others and I always felt like I stood up for the, the underdog, but in expecting other humans to transcend their ego, that in itself is judgment. And, yeah. and, uh, is that funny? Yeah. yeah. So, so what do we do then? I, I, I might, I have tried to sort of explain that in that, this book, which I think you said you read lost soul, wise soul. Yeah, I really love that. Um, just the, especially the introduction to the book where you sort of give the the background to your understanding. And, and I mentioned to you before, it's just that's how I see the sort of spiritual dynamic. There is no dogma, there is no doctrine, there is no rigidity. It's an openness and a fluid understanding that we don't, we will never really fully grasp the mechanics of it. But there are certain trends that we we recognize and see and putting that all together and allowing the experiencer to, you know, come to their own conclusions because the message and the journey is wholly unique to each exactly. perspective. Um, so, and, so much so, you know, and so so at the end of it, I, I just think there's the one word is that there's one word that I think is the most important, which is accept. You know, Except, we, yeah. well, we resist, we resist, resist, resist. And that's what I've learned. Like it's been a long journey for me, I can tell you too, <laughs> to come to that understanding that the more we accept, the easier it is. And also from my past life regression that you did with me, like a message that goes across the whole thing for me was just being in alignment with who you are in this life and um, and accepting that, you know, know thyself is sort of an older adage that sort of comes up time and again. but um know thyself and and use that in this life and allow that to be and you know just there's so much beauty that comes with it uh freedom 
that that is exactly it. That's a really useful uh, way to see it. So I think that's great that you've shared that with us. And I'm just wondering that, like, that was your current life issues really there was this disappointment and judgment sort of, I don't mm-hmm. like even like losing because your judgment was a pretty gentle judgment, but you've sort of transcended that. And has there been any other changes like in your day-to-day life that you can share? You don't have to, but if you'd like to. Well, one of the, I mean, I, I've had a pretty, uh, the the narrative in my life has been pretty steady in terms of who I am. But one of the things that I, uh, if, if I could call myself, I'd always try to be a good person. But one thing that I really sucked at was, was love and just loving a, a partner and being with somebody because I, I think in in essence, I was trying to experience the divine through a relationship with somebody. And so there was always a disappointment in in what I was experiencing. And, and I wasn't, you know, able to find that. And so it was like, oh, you know, you're never going to, it's it's not going to happen. And so I ended up um, going through m- many relationships in my life. And that sort of in that sort of people get hurt, even though you don't want them to get hurt, because the biggest fear of mine has been to hurt people. But yet through love in relationships, I'd hurt the most people in no other aspect of my life except that. And in in that regression, uh, this is one of the things that I was hoping to sort of deal with and and allow to or explore. And it did come up. I, I can't remember the exact details, but I do remember the message from my higher guides sort of being you know, you need to be discerning, discerning in, in, in choosing somebody. And, and then it's, and how I, I cannot sort of put into words the feeling that I got, but what it really did for me in the aftermath of that coming out is it gave me a deep sense of peace. I'd always wanted peace just being on my own because it was a long period where I, I'm a very much, very much a loner, but I would always sort of look for a romantic relationship because I, that was all that was important, you know, that I could live with just that, not with other people. But then I came to the point where I wanted to be at peace being on my own. Um, and I did that, but I still had anxiety about that to a large extent. And coming out of that past life regression, it really put that to bed and I'm very happy and, and peaceful on my own. Um, and I mean, I've been sort of on my own for the last two and a half years, but now more so, so at peace and content with who I am and realizing and recognizing the the sort of ego or the shadow work that needs to be done and healing and and allowing this ego identity, this personality and this incarnation to be able to function as effectively as possible in this life and make the most of it. And, and in love that really came through to me that, you know, if you're going to love, you need to be discerning and also recognize that the fallibility of the human condition that, you know, there is no perfection. That's it. And uh, so, yeah, a deep sense of peace for me and, and moving forward, irrespective I just trust and yeah yes so you may still have a relationship but at the moment you're enjoying being alone and I yeah I mean I'd be open to it but I would be very discerning in in making sure that when I do find a partner that and I mean you can't control these things and that that I'm also open to but knowing that you know our highest good and the opportunities for our highest good will come to us and we need to recognize it and we also need to recognize and act on it from a place of healing within. So that's it. Um, yes. And and see the more accepting we are as well, as long as you're discerning in the 
discerning and accepting. Like they go together. Isn't it funny? But it's about we need to have the boundaries to some degree. But as you've tried to in your life and even in your past lives to be kind about those boundaries. But the first step is to make sure you've got somebody who's going to at least be open (laughs) to to, to that. Uh, Otherwise, it's going to be painful. So yeah, well, I hope you do find that whatever you wish in the in the future. Yeah, because you're still you're still young. It'll come when it's meant. <laughs> It'll come when it's meant to. So it's, yes, that was really quite lovely that they they get. I think they gave you some advice about that too, if I remember correctly. They were explaining about relationships a bit, and that and that discerning thing came up. That I absolutely, and and that was the big thing is what I'd done is. Um, just like as in with my day-to-day human relations and, for example, at work, I'd sort of resigned myself to this idea that, well, I'm never really going to find the kinds of humans that I'm that I'm longing for, you know, my circle. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to have to adapt and sort of I have to not be myself to try and fit into whatever. And, and I'd done that with love as well. I'd sort of I'd sort of gone, well if I can be a loving person in these circles, then that should generate a love in return. And so if I give of myself 180% in terms of love, then it'll fix all, it'll fix everything else. And that I really, that's what really was part of the collapse of my old life is just realizing that, and and especially with the past life regression, coming to knowing that actually um, we need to be discerning and we can be loving to all people, but we really are better off on our own rather than trying to be something or somebody that we're not because then people get hurt yes that's when we hurt people because we actually don't feel that connection that that real connection to start with we're just sort of trying or making an effort to create a connection and in doing that we can't be genuine and so we end up hurting people and hurting our careers and and everything that comes this is the huge challenge is this challenge to be in a relationship with somebody who is going to have different views and attitudes and how much you, we want to be ourselves, right? We want to be ourselves. And so how do we be ourselves with somebody? But that can, I've I've got a a marvellous relationship with my husband. I know that that can be negotiated eventually, Mm. but it does take maturity on both parties, you know, where the, the ego part of it does dissipate, not dissipate, but, you you you're in control of that and you're not trying to prove anything like like That's in same. that life you had with the with Arnold who was deaf and dumb and that was about humility you know like just understanding and not taking it on they they were calling him stupid and stuff if you, mm. do you remember yeah i do remember that yeah and he it's it's about not taking that on and realizing being so strong in who you you know yourself that yeah. if somebody's saying things like that to you, think that's about them. It's not really about me. Absolutely. And you can Absolutely. be be loving about that. And in a relationship, sometimes you've got to do that too because, like you said, it's not perfect. So it is possible, but, of course, it takes a lot of maturity, which is what that's That's definitely a personal growth. I think um, most most of us humans, we, we sort of are alluded into this idea that especially popular media does that it shows in movies and that that you know you see somebody and you're immediately physically attracted and that means that equates to love and yeah, a long-lasting not- relationship <laughs> and um not and always so much, <laughs> no and and i wish that they would more so show that you know uh, the connection and the love is something that needs to be really explored 
fully before exactly. commitment is actually made. And actually they said something to you that just came to me. Uh, the guide said something like, um, there's not only one, there's not one soulmate in a life. Oh, yeah. Do you remember yeah, that? absolutely. They and that's the thing that, is there's, I mean, nothing is a mistake. So all of these lives are sort of learning curves. I mean, everything brought me up to this point where I'm able to um, reconcile, you know, all of these yeah. past lives and through through meeting you. So definitely in this life, um, all of the hardships and experiences have had a beautiful plan intended mm. and that came through very strongly for me because i sort of believed that i would find i was hopeful that you know i'd find that other spiritual connection if not in the spirit world but at least in on earth i'd sort of get the opportunity but yeah the message was um that there are many possibilities many opportunities of connecting with people who are spiritually on us our level and and the purpose and intent might not always just be sort of romantic love. It might be other things. But in terms of a partner, it was don't go out looking for the one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Stay open, stay relaxed. Stay, yeah. Stay comfortable. So the experience of actually recalling all of this, it was coming to you pretty clearly. Like sometimes I just like to ask uh, each person who comes on the podcast what it was like for them. Now, you've had a very strong spiritual perspective, which might have helped, but so was it coming in visually or was it auditory or all of that? It was very strongly visual um, and, and emotional. So okay. I could feel the emotions and I could see the images. Um, with, for example, Arnold, um, it was just a brief sort of image. And from that, I got the feeling and the emotion of the whole life of the individual and the character. It was almost like I was just tapping into the essence of that life and seeing him and then feeling. And with John, it was the same. John, I mean, I just, I explored a little bit of his world so I could see the village because he had had love as a young man. And I think maybe that's where the narrative of love came in. Um, he had experienced love, um, but he was unable to love her because he was so attached to this, to this concept of divine love yes. and how love yes. should be that he was unable to actually love her in the human way. Yeah. Um, okay. Which is very, it has different dynamics. And so I explored his life and I saw his life. I saw like this little village or this area where people lived. Um, it was, it was different. Technology was completely different. It was like, it was more simple, but yet more, yet more profound. It, it had the same effects, the same things that we've achieved just on a much simpler level. Uh -huh. So I remember the the cloister, the the walls, not having windows, but somehow the wind never came through. Sounds pretty interesting, but it sounds like mm, you've got a download, different. like you'd get a little bit of information, and then you sort of get a download of um, understanding almost. Yeah, and it was it was fascinating to see how it would come, and then and 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 then of course the auditory, there was auditory, but that wasn't related to any of the lives. That was almost like a voice speaking to me, and that was like the higher self or from like a divine level it was just a guiding angel i'm not sure but information was coming through in information in sort of, was in coming words. through yeah. yeah yeah so you you had a like yeah a great experience where you've got all of those working for you but that you're very open and i think i just want to mention that that is the big thing that makes a difference here the more open we are when we're doing the regressions mm. the more information you get the easier it is 
So I'd just say that to people if they're thinking about a regression, the more open we can be. And that's why we're doing the podcast too, to people mm. to hear, listen to it and to be <laughs> open. Yeah. So it sounds like that worked really well for you and it unfolded well. So was there anything else that you want to add, like that surprised you, for example? What surprised me was the profound psychological effect that this had on me. So from the spiritual perspective, there's obviously all sorts of things, but within this sort of ego identity body in this life, there's still a psychology, you know, functioning. And the healing that I got from it was so profound that it, 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 the glow of it sort of stayed with me for about two weeks. And that really shocked me. I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I hadn't expected such a profound shift in my psyche that came with us. It's almost as if the experience was deeply healing mm. um, in such a um, superficial is not the word, but just in the psyche level, the the conscious human level, it was very, very healing. And I, the only, the only term that I can use is like for about two or three weeks after that, as, as the process of this healing sort of continued, it was like having nostalgic deja vu. Every moment was just this deep sense of peace. It was as if I had put back together the puzzle of, of this identity. So yeah, that really shocked me just how much healing can actually come from this somewhere in the subconscious in the past life and the soul level doing this is, is like cleaning your window. Um, ah, that's alone. a good, good way. Cleaning yeah. your window. I like that. Uh, yeah. Yes. So, and that's how it worked for you. So you've been looking for that a lot during your life. And so that's, yeah, that has probably helped, by the way. <laughs> I think that like the regression is great, but you've also had a great curiosity and you've done a lot of exploring. So that is all part of it as well. Well, that's the interesting thing. The whole spiritual journey for me in this life has been about sort of curiosity and seeking, because I think as a child, the memory of the divine that I felt, I've been trying to make sense of that. But after my regression, and probably in the whole process that I've been leading up to this, but that that sort of like insatiable curiosity and seeking and having is, has sort of disappeared. I'm, I'm content. You're content. I've got a house full of books on all these subjects and I now just read them for enjoyment and not for looking for the answer. You're not desperate to know as much as you were before because you've got that peaceful understanding. It's almost as if the past life regression was like the culmination of the process that I started five years ago. It was like the, the cherry on the cake. It sort of just closed everything up, wrapped it up, and it just, it was beautiful. I mean, there's still work to come. There's always yes, work. That's of course. the human condition. But it really allowed me to be so much more at peace with myself and to be able to actually move forward without fear. And there's still guilt in some ways, you know, people that I've heard, but I don't cling to it as, as there's tightly. There's no point. There's no point, yeah. really. No, and, and you're moving on in your life within you're going for a new career and everything. Like, can it's all right for me just to mention that briefly? That, yeah, sure. Oh, you mentioned to me before with, uh, about getting guidance or signals or yeah. confirmations so, and things. I don't think any, I know that nothing is a mistake in our life. And I've always felt this guiding hand sort of directing my life in a certain direction. Um, and I was an air traffic controller. I was in the Air Force for 17 years, first in the South African Air Force, and then I came to the Australian Air Force. And I was doing a job that wasn't really me, but it it, it served the purpose at the time because I had this goal of where I wanted to be. I wanted to study a degree, and I had to go into an officer role, and so I chose air traffic control, and I managed to do it. But I always and, – and I was studying part-time later on in my career, which helped because I was studying subjects that I loved. But I – 
I always knew that it wasn't me, but I was always very afraid to leave it because it was very comfortable. Mm -hmm. But coming to Australia, it's sort of in the profession, it it was like a, a beautiful experience of realizing that I don't fit in here. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I thought it would be a bit gentler, the process, but in fact, it was like a harsh, rude awakening. And it was sort of led to the collapse of the old world. And I realized it was almost as if spirit was saying, no, there's no point in wasting any more time. We've achieved what we need to achieve. And now we're going to move on. And so I then took the the brave step of going into something that I've wanted to, and I'm going into teaching. I got a, a placement as a teacher Australia associate. And it was a very difficult decision. And nobody supported me in my life because every even my my daughter was very afraid because it was more change. And I'd I'd recently got divorced and and all of this stuff was, you know, and I'd moved into a much smaller place and much simpler because that's what I wanted. And just going into teaching where I was dropping an in income, like a huge drop in income. And how was I going to plan this and afford rent and all of that? But spirit sort of gave me, sort of forced me on the one hand to realize that I can't keep doing what I'd been doing. Mm -hmm. And I had to trust that. And then secondly, I had to sort of move into this realm of something that was completely uncertain for me in every way, except that I knew that this was where my sort of my true heart lay and what I love and who I am, my self-expression, because I love history. I love philosophy and studying, you know, human sociology and, and the social sciences. And um, when I was at university, I was, I was planning on going and I was hoping to become a, an assistant lecturer and then work my way up in the history department. But then I had to immigrate and came here. And it was such a blessing that air traffic control did bring me here. But when I had to make the move, like I said, everybody was very against sort of going, you're crazy. Why would you do that? Just be happy with what you've got. And just, you know, mm -hmm. you're earning a good salary. And then I had to go this alone. And so I applied and I was very anxious about it. But the th the intuition that we have and listening and trusting the guides the more we open ourselves to that you're amazed at the amount of guidance that you're given and i had a dream one night where i saw an old man and he said to me um we selected you before you applied and that just opened me up because that memory and that dream was so stark when i woke up just like the maya ching dao i mentioned earlier that i knew straight away that this was a message and I went into the selections and I did everything that I had to do, not sort of arrogantly going, oh, I'm going to make it, but just giving my best, but just having a deep peace about it that, you know, uh -huh. the universe was in control. And I passed the entire selection. And then I, they came back to me and I, I sort of was happy that, you know, this was the route I was going and I was still nervous about all the financial side of things and so on. But then they came back to me and said, oh, hold on, we made a mistake. Your degree is from a non-English speaking country. We're going to need you to go and do an IELTS exam. Now, I had done a Pearson's exam in South Africa, but many people had said the IELTS were very difficult. And there was a lot of sort of fear around it, even for native English speakers, because especially the writing element was very difficult to get a band seven, for example. And I needed um, very high bands for this exam. And I, my father had come to visit. I had just done the regression with you. Um, life was busy. I didn't have much time. I, I studied where I could and I tried to do my best. And I wrote the exam and I, I felt guided and at peace. But after that, I started sort of having a little bit of anxiety thinking, well, what if I didn't make it? You know, then maybe I've misunderstood this whole journey. And 
then I had another dream and this woman came through and she said to me, I've seen the results you, you've, you've gotten through. Stop worrying. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. <laughs> and, and I love this, that somehow, some way I've opened myself more and more to trusting, you know, the, the higher order of things and, and the higher guides that are there and these energies. And I got the results and I got exactly what I needed. Wow. Um, so you really are getting messages of reassurance. Absolutely. And this is the one thing that I, I'm so, I just feel so much peace from it. I just feel so much gratitude because it shows that, you know, we can cut ourselves off from this and we can live our own, go it alone. We're never alone. Yeah, but, but we can go we, alone. <laughs> we can go alone without the comfort of our, our guides helping us and the, these energies. And and so opening yourself up to that more just means you're walking in symphony with the mm. the creative energy and source. And yeah. it's there for us. And the more we allow it, the more it's actually like been you still have to make the hard decisions. So spirit still wants you to do that, but it's there, it's guiding you and it's showing you directions. It's sort of like having a map or a compass or a, you know, an astrolabe when you're out at sea. Yes. Uh, it's just having that bit extra. And and also what we recognize. So for me, uh, angel numbers, it sounds bizarre and it sounds sort of very new agey and so on. But I think the real reality is that this world is a platform upon which synchronicities and symbolism can really speak to us because that's the only way that the spirit world has of doing this through dreams through through our own recognition of things and as i was going through the process at the beginning of the year for example i'd see the number 555 now the traditional understanding of that is the the tower collapsing and this was exactly it and so i'd had this for almost a year where i'd see this number prior to that it was sort of the ones uh, and it was this whole journey it was sort of as if it was showing me that there's a this is a process that you're going through. Being more open to that, I just was given more and more comfort. So now it's shifted to 222 and I've been seeing it. You know, I went to McDonald's and my my receipt was 222. Now for the average person, they just go, oh, it's just a number. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's I know that I'm allowing because I'm open. I'm allowing myself to be the spirit guides, the energy on the other side to grab my attention at certain moments to recognize something because it's it has meaning to me yes and they know that in that way they can provide me guidance so it's allow it's building it's finding tools within your own life and being open to to this connection and then allowing it to work with you yeah and so now I'm on the 222 which means you know well done you you're following the right path just keep having faith it'll all unfold you know as perfectly as it should Okay, that's great. Well, it it's really interesting because your past life with this disappointment that you had, you've completely now transcended that. Mm -hmm. And I think the message that we want to spread here is that you can get to that stage, like life was difficult for John and those past lives you had, and life has been difficult to some degree for you because you didn't understand mm -hmm. what was going on. But yeah. now, now you are suddenly realize, yes, planet Earth is a tough place, but <laughs> it doesn't actually need to be as tough as it seems when you no. open yourself up to this sort of guidance. And you had that reassurance. So you've had specific reassurance that everything was going to be well. And of course, the little doubts would still be in the back of your mind. There but, is, yeah. Yeah, but it worked out. And so yeah. I think the the big message for from from what you've got and what you've shared with us today is 
that yes, it can be tough and you can be disappointed, but once you get past that and get into this acceptance, you can get a lot of help. Yeah. And also just making peace with, you know, we've all made mistakes. We've all done things that we we would regret, especially when it comes to hurting other people, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And just realizing that that it's all part of the journey. And yeah, it's part of the learning for them and it's for part us. of the learning. Yeah. Yeah. And you really the work you have to do is on yourself. So for anybody that, you know, is is on a spiritual journey, the real growth comes from working on yourself and that is like going for a past life regression um just going within and really trying to understand yourself and from that the magic really arises i agree that's beautiful i think we'll finish there thank you so much for sharing all of this mark it's it's marvelous and i do hope it helps a lot of people because yeah it's a tough old place and we want to make it easier (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's always going to be tough, you know. There's my favorite quote is this too shall pass. And we've got to remember that in the good times and the bad times. Uh how true. That's how <laughs> true that is. Thank you so much again and uh thanks. all the best with yeah, your new career. Thanks, Karen. Yeah, thanks for everything. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in today. Please feel free to access my website, lifebetweenlivesregression.com.au for much more information about past lives and life between lives. You also might want to tune in to my Twitter and my Instagram account and my Facebook page, Karen Joy Author. On my website, you will find case studies explored in depth in my blogs and in my books and locate other useful information and resources. Thank you for listening.